Hey there, I'm Edwina Kennedy, registered pediatric dietitian and mom of two, and this is the My Little Eater podcast. Each week, I'll be dishing out all the best info on feeding and nutrition for your baby and toddler, answering all of your what do I do when scenarios, and helping you gain complete confidence in not only feeding your child, but in parenting as well. Every episode is filled with actionable and proven feeding strategies delivered by a mama and a feeding expert who's been there and done that. I hold your hand and I take you step-by-step through all stages of feeding while showing you how to implement what I teach you so that you can raise a happy and healthy little eater of your own. Let's do this. Hello, hello. Welcome back. Everybody who is listening, who has been a longtime listener, anyone who is new, welcome to the My Little Eater podcast. I am so happy to have you here. I am currently recording early morning on a Sunday. Today, my kids are actually leaving for a six-day overnight camp, which kind of freaks me out a little bit, especially my older son who is going without any friends. He doesn't know anybody that's going in his age group. So he is going and he is going to have to make new friends and it's something that he's excited to do. But of course, my mommy anxiety is kind of, you know, working a little bit and I'm trying not to let that fear be communicated to him because I want him to just go and have fun and I don't want to like impose any of my fear on him. But yeah, I'm trying to keep it together. So (laughs) I will probably update you guys on how things went with that after it's all over, but um Yeah, I'm trying to keep cool, calm, and collected. So wish me luck. I hope that I can do that. But I know he will be fine because he is definitely outgoing and he's a lot more brave than I would be at his age. So I, I am very proud of him. Okay, so today we are talking about a question actually that I got from a mom that sent me a message that was saying that her three-year-old rarely feeds himself. She's really kind of worried about it, but also kind of more fed up about it. And I do get questions like this a lot, uh, more than I actually expect for toddlers, because I think what happens is sometimes we get into this situation where we start to feed our child because of a certain circumstance. So maybe they started self-feeding, but then at some point, maybe they got sick and they wanted to kind of be a little more coddled and you started feeding them and then it never really stopped. Or a lot of times what happens is a child who is underweight or who you perceive to not eat a lot of food, you know, just kind of doesn't eat what you think at least they should be eating, or again, maybe underweight actually, you know, falling off their growth curve or whatever it is, it becomes this need almost that you feel like you have to feed them in order to get them to get enough calories in. Otherwise, they are not going to eat or they're going to eat really slowly or they're going to only take a few bites. So that can be how this kind of issue starts. Other times, I know that some kids don't even ever get the chance to feed themselves. So for example, maybe they were spoon fed as babies and it just kind of continued on into you know, early toddlerhood, and then they kind of hit two years of age, and you're like, okay, feed yourself, and they're like, why, and how, and I've never done this before, and why would I ever start? So definitely a lot of reasons why this can happen, and I can totally understand the frustration, and I think it's something that we do need to nip in the bud. I don't necessarily believe that this is something that We should encourage for longer than necessary. There are so many benefits of self-feeding, not just for you, I'm talking for the child. And it is a crucial part of being able to, again, yeah, practice oral motor skills, important, but what's more important is to be able to 
regulate their appetite and eat according to their hunger and fullness cues without having some external factor, aka the parent, kind of shovel food into their mouth because they're distracted. They're kind of all over the place. They get used to things. They get used to eating certain amounts because you told them to eat them or you are literally feeding them the whole time and they just become passive in that whole experience and we don't want that to happen. We want them to be active participants. We want them to be able to tune in to their hunger and fullness cues. We want them to have full control over that experience that is such a important part of setting them up for healthy eating for life, I guess. So I will say that we need to break the cycle because really it is a cycle that is happening. And I'll explain a little bit about what I mean by this. So if you want my honest opinion, what we're doing is we're teaching our kids that we will feed them at mealtime. This is how it works. So your child is very, very in tune, very communicative, very perceptive. And when we show them that a certain action results in a certain result, (laughs) then they pick up on that and they learn that behavior very, very well, very easily. And so a lot of parents will say, well, I'll sit there and I'll, you know, give them a few minutes or even 10 minutes and they decide they don't want to eat or they don't pick up that fork or they don't pick up that spoon and they're not feeding themselves or they're whining or they're crying. They want me to do it for them. And so I pick it up and I feed them. That is teaching your child that that is expected and that if I just wait here long enough or if I cry long enough or whatever it is, mom or dad will feed me. So basically in order to change this, we have to change our behavior. We have to break that cycle in order to teach them the new consequence, which is you can feed yourself. Mom's not going to feed you, right? And when I say consequence, by the way, that doesn't mean a bad consequence. It just literally means the natural reaction, the natural occurrence of events that happens after that. So I want you to realize that this is something that you can change, definitely. And it's not necessarily going to be easy because anytime we try and introduce a, a major transition, which I would consider this sometimes a major transition for some kids who have only been used to being fed, it can result in some protest and it's normal and natural. And I want you to also know that that doesn't mean we need to stop what we're doing or abandon ship. It means that we should expect it. But we're going to help our child through this, right? So it's like any other thing that we want our child to learn and grow into. Sometimes, even us, I mean, thinking about a transition that you might have to make in your life, sometimes it could be like, I don't want to change. I don't want to go through this experience. I don't want to have to, you know, go through this learning curve, whatever it is. But also knowing it's better for you and yourself and you have to kind of get through that period. What you need during that time is support. What you don't need is someone to tell you, you never have to do this, right? So the same thing goes with our kids. So expect some protest, expect a little bit of crying, maybe expect a little bit of, um, you know, not even eating some meals. And that's going to be a huge part of preparing ourselves for this because, Again, especially if your child is one that needs calories, especially in your eyes, sometimes they're totally fine, but we think that they're not eating enough, which by the way, if you are really wanting to know how much toddlers are supposed to be eating and all that stuff, you need to check out my toddler's course because I will cover all of that for you. And I can tell you almost 90% of the time, parents are way surprised that their toddler has been eating enough and they just think it's not enough. Anyway, I digress. Um, In those situations, it's so hard for us to be like, but I can't just let them cry because what's going to end up happening is they're going to want to end the meal. They're going to want to leave and they're not going to even eat that meal. And that's 
like not an option for me and my kid. My thing that I want to tell you, and again, toddler's course totally covers all this and explains why, but kids have a very, it's very natural for kids and toddlers especially to have skipped meals, skipped snacks, fluctuating appetites, um, and they really still get the calories they need and they really still get the nutrition they need even with one skip meal a day or one skip snack a day even with nibbles taken at a certain meal and nibbles taken at the next meal what happens is you need to look at things over the span of a week and there will be days where they may eat a good amount and there's going to be days for sure where they don't eat a good amount and you need to kind of zoom out and not look at things on a meal per meal basis and if you zoom out and just see that like this meal they didn't eat, but again, maybe tonight or tomorrow or two days from now, they eat two or three times as much. And that is going to balance things out. And I know it's hard to understand. Again, check out the toddler's course if you are really wanting to learn more about this, but it is like so helpful to be able to do some of these things when you understand what is normal and what they need and what they need to thrive and all that stuff. So tip number one, let me just dive right in here. Tip number one that I want to tell you is if you're wanting to approach this situation and you want to solve this problem, communicating with your child is first and foremost. I know I'm going to get some people that say, my kid's only 10 months old, my kid's only 12 months old, my kid's only 16 or 18 months old. They don't understand what I'm saying when I tell them you're going to feed yourself. I highly disagree. (laughs) And I have seen this over and over where kids babies, toddlers, all of them, they can understand, especially our actions, but also when we treat them with respect and when we treat them like adults in that sense that we are going to communicate what we are going to do, what we want, what our expectations are paired with an action, then they can understand when they see that, you know, that communication plus that action happening together over and over, they totally can pick that up. They may not be able to verbalize back to us that they understand, but they understand. If they didn't understand, then guess what? This problem of your child waiting for you to feed them wouldn't even be there because they understand the action, right? They also understand your behaviors of stress and anxiety or worry or frustration at the table when they don't pick up that spoon or fork or finger food and try and feed themselves and they see what you do to react to that. They see how you go in and feed them and they learn that behavior. So talk to your child. I always say, what's the harm anyway? Tell them first and foremost, hey buddy, I know I've always been feeding you your meals. I know that mommy usually spoon feeds you, but today at lunch, you're going to do it yourself, okay? And mommy's going to eat her own meal. And that's just as simple as that. That's all you have to say. That's all you have to prep them with, but you can remind them you know, if you said that earlier in the day, remind them, you know, approaching that mealtime, remind them at the beginning of mealtime, give them that heads up. They hear that. And that's just like a little seed planted in their mind first. Then you will follow through with action. And this may not, you know, happen in one meal where they will fully understand, but they're going to know, obviously something was up. Things changed that one meal. What happened? Yes, there might be some uh, crying around that or like confusion around that, but we've got to stick to our guns and kind of just stick 
with not feeding them and recommunicating what is happening and helping them through it. I know you're so upset, mommy. You want mommy to feed you. I know, buddy. I know that's hard. It's how it's always been done. I know, buddy. I'm going to be eating my own food. You can pick up the spoon. If you want to eat, you can pick up the spoon and eat. Or again, let's say they don't know how to use a utensil. You can feed yourself, okay? Here's the finger food. So that is kind of what I want you to do. And if they want to end meal time or if it just gets to be too much, that's okay. End meal time. And what I want you to know is they're not going to starve within, you know, two hours between that meal time and the next snack or that snack and the next meal time. I, again, I know it's so stressful for parents when they don't eat, but know that there's so many more feeding opportunities coming up that day, right? So they're not going to starve. And if you really feel stressed about it, move up that next meal or snack up earlier in the day. You know, maybe do it after like 40 minutes so that it feels like a new eating opportunity for them, but it doesn't feel like you gave in to them, right? Because they started crying, then you gave in and then taught them that I will always give in every time you do that, okay? So that's what I want you to do. So communicate with them first, let them know. That's just respectful way to approach a situation and it really does give them a heads up and after so let's say you do this one meal second time you do it okay they're going to start to piece together okay this is what mom meant because this is what happened last time maybe it takes two or three meals before they really understand this is serious because this is another part of it right um they may you may have backed out on your word before right? And you may have tried something like this, but it was kind of wishy-washy. They need to see that this is a very firm and strict boundary or a very firm and strict kind of uh, way of moving forward. There is no wavering here. So when they feel like, okay, no, there is no wavering. This is what it is actually going to be. And and I can't cry my way out of this, or it's not just for one meal, it's going to be always, then they are going to be enticed to change at that point. That is when they can feel like, okay, okay, I've got to settle into this new kind of role, this new experience, this new circumstance, and they will rise to the occasion at that point. But again, we need to give them that opportunity to rise to the occasion. Okay, so communicate with your child, set that expectation for them, and follow through with the action. All right, so that's tip number one. Tip number two is when you're doing this, definitely try and make this easier for them by giving them a food that you know they love and it is easy to eat. So this is not the time, especially if it's like, you know, a few days that you're like dedicating to this and you wanna make sure that you teach them this. This isn't the time to give them like totally new foods or maybe really challenging foods. I would probably stick with like the foods that you know they love or again, are kind of easy to take in, are easy to pick up, that kind of thing. So that means you're going to either maybe you know, have some bite-sized pieces ready for them. Maybe it's long finger food shapes. Doesn't really matter as long as your child can find it convenient. And I would say is like, it's the most preferable way for them to eat. If it is a pureed food, if it's a mashed food, whatever it is, what you can do is preload a spoon or a fork for them. So again, don't make it too difficult for them in the beginning. And if they don't know how to use a utensil, don't stress out about it. Literally like let them use their hands, let them get messy, let them just touch and explore it. It's not gonna always be perfect in the beginning, but you kind of have to start from that position. Now, if your child has sensory issues, they don't like touching food, they have any delays, like developmental delays, motor delays where they can't use a utensil, they can't feed themselves, that's a totally different issue. That's a podcast episode for another day and likely needs a feeding evaluation. So that is not the circumstance that I'm talking about here. I'm talking more about a child who can feed themselves but won't feed themselves, okay? 
Now, another thing that you can do, because sometimes, again, this can be very overwhelming for parents, and I totally get that, and maybe even for the child. So you can start, if you want, you can start with one meal per day that you're doing this. So you could do like every morning at breakfast, right? Or every dinner time or every snack time even. You could choose a snack where maybe... You know, you feel a little bit better if they skip it, but you don't want them skipping breakfast, lunch, and supper. That's totally fine. But the only thing with that is, is that you have to understand this is going to take way longer than kind of going cold turkey and announcing that, you know, from now on, you're going to feed yourself. Mommy's going to eat her own meals versus like, oh, we're going to do it just for this meal or just for the snack. But then every other time I'm going to do it for you. I think that can work in certain circumstances, so I'm not going to say don't do it. It's more my kind of fear around it is that it's going to drag on and it can cause confusion in a lot of kids because sometimes you feed me, sometimes I have to feed myself. Which one is it? What's, what's the real boundary here? It's not clear to me. That makes things more frustrating for a lot of kids, and I totally understand why that would be. So you might want to test it out, but if you find that it's like – you know, been a week and it's not working and there's frustration all around, I do suggest going cold turkey with this um, because, yes, like I said, maybe one meal, two meals, it's not really a great time, but after that, they will get it. And after that, it will be much quicker and easier for them to understand what you're trying to communicate to them. What is it you're trying to teach them, right? So that is kind of my recommendation. So if you want to ease in, You can try it with one meal a day, moving up to two meals a day, moving up to three meals a day, but you may find that it's kind of better to go cold turkey. So anyway, I will give you that option there. Since we are on the topic of transitional methods and kind of easing in, let me give you a few more tips if you're going to go this route to just give you a little bit more flexibility in some things that you can try. What you can do is have a doll at the table, have or like a stuffy, right? Put them, put it up like, you know, they're going to join us for a meal today. And you can have your child try and feed, quote unquote, feed that doll or feed that stuffed animal. So it might be just a fun game. You can just kind of laugh about it. Oh my goodness, can you feed Mr. Bear this chicken? And, um, oh, you know, clap for them and kind of make it like a, a fun little thing. And then you can ask them, okay, now can you feed yourself that chicken? Wow. Or maybe can you feed mommy this chicken? So have them feed you. So even if you just had them feed you for a few meals, get them used to it. And then you continue to feed them their own food during that time. That's fine. You can ease into it that way. But make sure you move them up to you know, them feeding themselves. And you might have to kind of slow down a little bit and take longer breaks in between feeding them so that hopefully they will be more enticed to feed themselves in the meantime. That's actually another good little tip there is like if you're used to kind of always being, which is great, so responsive, like, you know, feeding them their food right away, perfect pace, they never have to wait, they never get frustrated, maybe pretend you're distracted a little bit at the table. So, you know, okay, here's one bite of food, and then you're like, okay, I'm, I'm just going to feed myself now. And you take some time, like take a full minute or two to feed yourself and let them wait a little bit, but have that utensil there for them, have those finger foods or whatever foods in front of them so that they can pick up and feed themselves if they choose during that time. Or maybe we'll be more enticed to do it because you're taking long, you're distracted, it's like kind of frustrating, right? So you're giving them a little bit more incentive to do that. So slow down the pace that you feed them so long as they have food that they can eat themselves on their plate or on their high chair tray. What you can also do, and I really like this one too, is you can do, okay, one bite for mom, one bite for you. Okay, so you're going to feed yourself. We're going to count to eight. So you're going to give mom a bite. 
One, okay, that's one bite for mom. Okay, now it's your turn. You're going to feed yourself. Ready? One bite for you. Oh, good. Okay, now two bites for mom. Ready? Can you give mom the second bite? Good. And you can kind of alternate like that so that, you know, maybe you can even say we're going to get to eight bites, okay, all together, something like that. So they, again, see it. It's a bit more fun. It's a bit more of a playful way to approach it. They are counting. They're focused on counting. They're focused on like this kind of just fun interaction. And so do that with you know, for yourself or do that with the doll. So if they're feeding the doll, okay, one bite for the doll. Okay, now one bite for you. Oh my gosh, good job. Now you're up to two. Okay, let's get to the third one. You know, try something like that. I think that could be really fun. And just to keep them progressing from there, you may want to switch it to, okay, one bite for mom, now two bites for you. And then eventually it's one bite for mom, now three bites or four bites for you, right? Until they're just kind of feeding themselves the entire meal. Okay, I think the last tip that I want to leave you with is that you can always use like a hand under hand method to assist your child to scoop food with a utensil. So a lot of people do hand over hand methods. That's okay too. But sometimes I find a lot of kids, especially toddlers, don't like that. They might find it a little bit forceful because it is a little bit easier to be forceful when you have a hand over hand method. We really want to help your child you know, come to this conclusion or come to this uh, desire to want to feed themselves on their own and not feel like they're being forced. So just guide your child's hand versus pushing your child towards self-feeding by just placing your hand right under theirs. So get them to hold the utensil, put your hand under, and then guide it up to their mouth, see if they can kind of make their way make that utensil up to their mouth and then give them lots of praise. You know, good scooping, good feeding. Like you're doing such a good job. Look at you feeding yourself. Oh my goodness, look at that aim. It's going right in your mouth. What a good job. So that is kind of my final tip. And I think no matter what method you choose, the biggest thing that I want to leave you with is that consistency is going to be key in whatever you are doing. Anytime we kind of rush in and come in with that backup, you know, bite of food that we're just going to feed them because, oh, I just don't want to deal with this or, oh, they're just, you know, they're taking too long to learn this or it's already been five minutes at the at the table and I don't want to end the meal and I really just want them to eat so I'm going to come in and feed them. Anytime you do that, you're going to be going backwards. So consistency is key. Patience is key. Mindset is key. And keep on practicing this together. I promise you will find some progress. And I hope you found this helpful. So good luck with it. And if you have any feedback for me, if you like this episode, if you found any of the tips helpful, would you please leave me a review? That would be just amazing. It would really help to get my podcast out to other parents just like you. And that truly is the best way that you can thank me if you found any value in any of my work at any point in time. So thank you so much in advance for that. If you do also, I'm gonna leave you with one more thing. If you do have a toddler that you are kind of feeling like you're stuck in a rut and you want some meal ideas that are going to be healthy, completely balanced and dietitian approved, but also going to be really easy to make and uh, really just fun and different to get you out of that mealtime rut. I do have a free seven-day toddler meal plan that I've built out. It is on my website. I'm going to link that in the show notes for you that you can just download. It has a grocery list. It has all the ingredients, all the recipes. It has images. It is super thorough, guys, and I just want to bring light to that because I know not a lot of you know about it, and for everybody who does know about it, who has used it, has all said that it has been so, so useful. It's just my little gift to you. So go ahead, click that link in the show notes. You can download that free seven-day toddler meal plan. 
And again, I hope that you enjoy that. I hope you love that. And I can't wait to talk to you again next week. Until then, have a wonderful week. Bye.